Hello and welcome to part three um, in my podcast series for 2023, which is all about business owner issues. Oh my goodness, they're real. Uh, it happens to everyone. The frequency of how often they happen is up to you, because if you're not learning from each situation, then you will repeat, repeat the same um, steps in order to get the same outcomes, which is infuriation, disappointment, anger, upset. You name it. It's the rainbow of negative emotions that will occur. So what I want to do today is talk about business acronyms. So letters used in business and what the heck they mean, because it's such a daunting space. But this deep level of knowledge and awareness is required by you and your accountant. So you decide um, who's in charge of what and how it's going to be measured and how often that information is going to be utilised, because this is really quite important in order to run a business successfully. You must be aware of what's happening within the business. So I'm just going to start with the first one. I have a couple. I really hope I don't lose you um, because I do appreciate that this is a deeply overwhelming space to be in if your background isn't business and if your background isn't finance. So these are somewhat unpleasant. However, I urge you to pay attention and to write down certain things of value and then to create a space and time for you to meet with your accountant in order to implement these as necessary areas of your business strategy in order to understand fully what it is you're up to, how you're getting on and to highlight areas that need further work or immediate work. So they're of immense value. I do promise you that. So I want to start with KPIs. These are acronyms that I find myself using quite a lot. And sometimes it is quite tricky for the person at the receiving end to fully grasp what it means. Because the reason it can be so daunting a space is because you are all things to all people when you set up a food business. You as the boss, you are not only the boss, you're the cleaner, you're the bottle washer, your maintenance, your marketing, your advertising, your social media, you're on ordering, you're on standardization, you're on paperwork, you're on emails, you're on um, uh, you name it, freaking everything. It's a massive role. And so what we have to do is to start to protect ourselves by putting in place certain systems that will pay us back. And that's the point to run a business well. It's all about the systems and software that you choose to use in order for these to do the work on your behalf, because the insights measured and insights gained are the difference between profit and loss. So key performance indicators. This is a measurable value used to evaluate the success of your food business. So it is an achievement to put in place KPIs, key performance indicators for your business. So get your pen and paper ready because here are recommended KPIs for your food business. Now, there is wiggle room. And it, this is why I mean for this in particular, you talk to your accountant, you understand what's required for you and your business because your overheads, the, the stabilised overheads, those guaranteed overheads that come in and at you all of the time, they're set in stone. So it's it's knowing those fully. It's not just knowing that they are set in stone. Well, what are they? So go back, understand that further. 
And for some people, it could be a case that they own the building. Uh, for other people, it could be a case that they own the equipment. Uh, it could be a case that they have people in HR marketing or branding that are able to do certain work for them. So it just means that there's there's more profit to be made in certain areas um, and there's less money being redirected as a result. So I really want you to take an aerial view and a mindful approach to how you uh, put this KPI into your business with the help of your accountant and if you've got a shit accountant move on move on quickly talk to at least five other food business owners um get in touch with me get in touch with other people just get in touch with people that you trust in order to find an individual that will work with you and work with your business we don't want them to work for the business we want them to work with the business with the business needs in mind so that's really important um to put that in place so pen and paper End of week, 100% of total net turnover, which is net of VAT, you're looking to achieve food costs below 25%. If it's from 25 to 32%, you must recognise that that may be an issue and you must unpack that further. As I said, you may be in a position where your business is somewhat fortunate and you may be in a position where your business is not fucking at all fortunate. So pay attention to these figures. Labour costs. Labour costs no more than 32%. Simply cannot happen. So you really want to look at that. You want to look at your operation. You want to look at streamlining and leaning your service offering. Uh, overheads at 24%. And within this, your rent should account for between 8 and 10%. Uh, net profit before taxes at 19%. So this is not including alcohol or soft drinks. So let your accountant be aware of that. Um, so your gross margin is net profit plus overheads plus labour. And your gross profit is to be 75%. And are you aware that from menu analysis, because this is based on what it is you're doing in the week, your menu analysis, 80% of restaurants, food sales come, for, come from 16% of menu items. So between 16 and 20% of the menu items are your best sellers. So really, let's look at labour costs. Let's look at food costs. And how do we do that? We must start with our menu. We must implement menu analysis. So a KPI for cafe. This is really important. This metric is used to measure the performance and success of the business. If you are not implementing this on a weekly and a monthly basis for tracking progress, for being able to uncover specific goals and objectives and how you are achieving them, and also to identify any areas for improvement, you must have KPIs in place. It, it's a must. It's not you should. The next is ATV. So to measure the average transaction value, this is really important to understand what the heck is happening the minute people walk in your door. What are they up to? What are they spending? What's your minimum spend per head? So average transaction value is a key performance indicator using the average order value. So AOV, the ATV in a restaurant is the key performance indicator used with the average order value. So Average order value calculates the average amount spent by a customer in a single transaction at your food business. This helps you understand how much customers are spending on average 
during their visit. So to calculate the average order value for a specific period, you divide the total sales revenue generated during that period by the total number of transactions. I repeat, to calculate the average order value for a specific period, you divide the total sales revenue generated during that period by the total number of transactions. This means that on average, you can find out what your customer spend is during that week, during a day, during a time slot. It's a valuable metric for food businesses because it provides you with insights into your customer spending behaviour. You're able to monitor changes over time and this helps you identify trends. So times of the day that are more popular, potentially items if you look into it further. Um, and it helps you to make informed decisions to increase revenue. So, for example, if your um, if your average order value is alongside other KPIs, such as customer satisfaction or customer retention, Food business owners and managers can optimise their business strategies and improve overall performance. This level of awareness, by you taking that step back, by you crunching the numbers, because as a business owner, it is your responsibility. Either you do it or you task a manager to do it and you give them the tools and the skills required to do it. You must arm them first, but you it's for you to understand what's happening in your business and it helps to inform decisions. It helps you to decide whether it's of value to put on another item. It's to help you understand if um, you have the potential maybe to put on a more pricey uh, item. Um, it helps you understand when it comes to labour costs or, or uh, deciding on the rota how many people are required during different um, phases and also what style of service it is that you must have. So if you've got table service, but you don't have the revenue to actually match the labour, then that style of service is not going to work for you and your business. So it's about you understanding how you can get better profitability for your food business and it contributes long term for the success and sustainability because it is a competitive industry. Customer satisfaction ratings, the key performance indicator for measuring customer satisfaction ratings in a food business is the customer satisfaction score. So CSAT, the CSAT, it's a metric and it reveals how satisfied customers are with their overall dining experience at your food business, which is of immense value. I understand that you open up this business for, for your own passion and it's quite a selfish reason a lot of the time you, you decide that this business is all about you because it is. But what I now need to do is ensure that we're still delivering on that promise, but I now need to force you out of that space and I want you to bring you into this space where we are making note of whether that actually as a business idea of us following that dream and that passion is making any sense. And so to do that, we have to have our KPIs in place and it gives us amazing insights. So the customer satisfaction score uh, is usually measured by asking customers to rate their experience on a scale. So often it's either one to five or one to 10. So choose whatever you're comfortable with. And customers are typically asked a specific question. And this is a question you could ask. How satisfied are you with your dining experience today? Or you can say rate your overall satisfaction with 
our food business. And so what you want to do is ensure that whoever is at the cash register is that they are absolutely making sure that they ask these questions and that they are capturing the information given to them. So either it is a tablet form, they're taking notes, or it's a diary. So we want to know what the answers are of the customers. So when is it asked and how much their spend was and what their feedback was. So the customer satisfaction score, it's often calculated by averaging the responses and expressing the results as a percentage. So say if 80 out of 100 customers rate their experience as a four or a five on a five point scale, then the customer satisfaction score would be 80%. These surveys, they can be conducted in various ways, such as you can have common cards, you can have online surveys, you can have um, post-visit emails. Um, so I don't know how you're capturing uh, emails from from customers and clients, uh, but that's an area in which you can maximise as well. They can um, just that face-to-face. Sometimes you get the best reaction because you can really monitor body tone or body language and speech tone in order to understand fully if they stand behind what they're saying. And so that human piece is uh, brilliant. And then on the other side of it, <laughs> allowing them to send an email, you would be surprised how honest some people can be in moments. Or maybe you wouldn't be surprised because let's face it, you're in hospitality. You get slapped across the face verbally um, on a daily basis, some which way. Um, so your customers then will provide those valuable insights into your customer perceptions. And then it allows you as a food business owner or manager to understand how well you as a business are meeting your customer expectations. It forces you to really reflect on the offering and is there alignment between what you set out to achieve, your mission, vision and values and whether the customer is actually experiencing all of that or whether there's a breakdown somewhere. And so it's of immense value because we cannot run a business on presumptions. You simply cannot. If you want to run on presumptions, oh, I reckon, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. No, they were grand. There's no problems. Yeah, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. Bullshit bullshit. Throw away statements, you might as well throw away your business. So these are things that are of immense value. This is how you make changes and how you grow and improve. Uh, This is the space in which you learn quickly. So additionally, tracking the CSAT, so the customer satisfaction score, over time, it allows you to identify areas that actually require improvement in order to enhance the overall customer experience. That's huge. You're addressing the customer feedback and you're improving satisfaction levels. My God, imagine just by doing that one thing. So at your checkout, at that till, if you tell me you don't have time, I am going to hunt you down and we are going to work on this together. Um, So get in touch so that we can work on this together. Because if you say I don't have time, I'm going to find you time because I can promise you you're wasting time in areas that aren't necessary. And unfortunately, when you're this passionately involved in your business, you're not able to see it. But I can promise you, I can see it. I can see it in an instant. It's one of my superpowers. So definitely avail of that if you like. Um, And then you're leading to higher customer retention because you've improved the business performance. Like It's just a win-win. A win-win. Do you want to grow your business? Yeah, I do. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to implement the customer satisfaction score. I'm going to get that into play as soon as possible. I'm going to track it over the next three to six to nine months. And every three months, I'm going to sit down, review and assess what's coming in. And I'm going to understand fully what changes I must make to my business. 
Boom! There you go. Starting small. Aim high. Um, to ensure the accuracy and reliability, it's essential for food business owners to use consistent and standardised survey methods. So the questions must be decided. It's two questions. They can run in between the two questions and um, the dating and timing is important. And then the responses are are vital to log the actual responses and it's not a case of they log it later. We need to log it now. So either they record it on their phone through a voice memo just so they capture it immediately um, or they jot down the keywords that were said. Um, so you must be regularly monitoring these uh, scores and you're benchmarking them against industry standards. And this can help you as a business stay competitive and continuously strive for excellence in customer satisfaction. Because I can promise you, if you opened your business with a vision to create a product or an offering and you don't have customers, we'll close your fucking business. So this is actually really important. This is really important for your business to capture this information. So implement it. I want it implemented within seven days. And I want you to keep an eye on it weekly. And then I want you to create a results piece. So you can task a staff member with this, a team member with this, where they bring together three months of results and make sense of it for you. Uh, I've given you the information required in order to make sense of it all. Now put it in place. You're in charge. Um, other uh, words or acronyms, um, gross profit margin. So the key performance indicator to measure gross profit margin for a food business, it's the percentage of revenue that represents the profit made after deducting the cost of goods sold. So the COGS, after deducting the cost of goods sold. So your gross profit margin and the KPI to measure gross profit margin for your food business is the percentage of revenue that represents the profit made after deducting the cost of goods sold. So gross profit margin provides insights into how efficiently a restaurant is man managing its direct costs related to the production and sale of food and beverages. And the formula to calculate gross profit margin is as follows. It is gross profit margin, so gross profit divided by total revenue multiplied by 100. So gross profit is the difference between total revenue, which is your sales, and the cost of goods sold, so your COGS. So your cost of goods sold include the direct costs associated with producing and serving food and beverages, such as the cost of ingredients, uh, raw materials, and other directly attributed costs. The total revenue represents the total sales revenue generated by the food business from its food and beverage sales and other revenue streams. So if you say that a food business has a total revenue of €100,000 for a specific period and the cost of goods sold during that period amount to €30,000. So the gross profit equals total revenue minus your cost of goods sold equals. So it's 100,000 total revenue minus cost of goods sold, which is 30,000, gives you 70,000. So your gross profit margin is 70,000 divided by 100,000 multiplied by 100, which gives you 70%. This means that the food business, that their gross profit margin is 70% indicating that 70% of the revenue generated is retained as profit 
after accounting for the direct costs of goods sold. So the gross profit margin is a crucial metric for food businesses because it reveals how efficiently the food business manages its direct production costs. A higher gross profit margin indicates that the restaurant can cover its operating expenses more effectively and has the potential for higher profitability. So food business owners and managers should regularly monitor gross profit margin because you have to ensure it remains in line with your financial goals and the industry benchmarks. So improving your gross profit margin can be achieved through strategies like menu pricing, menu engineering, uh, managing goods inwards, so your inventory, knowing that having excess on your shelves is a fucking joke. Would you be well? How often can you order? How often can you get goods in? Is it daily? Is it weekly? Understand what your business requires and stop putting your cash flow on shelves unnecessarily in fridges and in freezers. Okay. Um, and then negotiating. You're always negotiating. Uh, it's simply a matter of doing business well. You must become a, a professional negotiator. And so understanding and monitoring your gross profit margin means that your business can make informed decisions to enhance profitability, control costs and achieve long term financial success. Isn't that what you're in it for? If not, we need to have a chat, get in touch. Um, Labour costs as a percentage of sales. So to measure your labour costs as a percentage of sales for your food business, you can use the following formula, which is your labour labor costs percentage equals labour costs divided by total sales multiplied by 100. So total labour costs. Calculate the total labour costs by adding up all the costs associated with paying employees. So you've got wages, uh, taxes, benefits, any other labour related expenses, whatever it is you decide for you and your business. And make sure to include both full time and part time staff. And your total sales, you're going to calculate the total sales revenue generated by the restaurant during a specific period. And this includes all the income from food and beverage sales, catering, events or any other revenue streams that you've got going on. So your labour cost percentage is divide the total labour cost by the total sales and then multiply the result by 100 to get the total labour cost percentage. So let's say your food business, your total labour cost for a specific month is, say, €15,000. And let's say the total sales revenue for the same month is €50,000. Your labour cost percentage is 15000 divided by 50000 multiplied by 100. And that gives you 30%. This means that labour costs represent 30% of the total sales for that month. So your labour cost percentage, it is a crucial KPI for your food business as it provides you with insights into how much of the revenue is being allocated to labour expenses. We must understand how and what this looks like continuously. It's not a once-off. This is a continuous understanding, ideally daily, weekly, 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 ideally weekly, um, but POS systems are freaking phenomenal. So make sure you're maximizing uh, the capabilities of that. And so a higher labor cost percentage indicates that a significant portion of the restaurant's revenue or your food business revenue, it's going towards paying, paying employees. And this will impact the overall profitability of your business. And so on another hand, if you've got a lower labor cost percentage, this suggests that your food business is operating with a more efficient labour cost structure. 
So it is absolutely critical. Don't make an assumption. Say, oh, yeah, we've too many staff. Prove it to me. Create this. Put this into play and then prove it to me. Because if you can prove it to me, then we can work on it. If you can prove it to me, then we can start to assess what it is we must do in order to make changes if it's too high. Because there, there is a space where within one to four weeks together, we can make more revenue. We can absolutely start to look at our business with a different colour set of sunglasses. Optimism, I don't know what the colour for optimism is, but I'm going to say green with our green sunglasses on because that's what we're going to use this information for. We're going to make significant changes that are absolutely essential for your business to do better. So it's essential that your food business as a as an owner or either you've given this over to your manager, but you as the owner, that you monitor this KPI regularly because you have to ensure that the labour costs are in line with industry benchmarks and restaurant financial goals. You have to. It's simply a must. Your food business must be in a position, whether you're a cafe, um, um, a restaurant, gastropub, um, a food truck, you must know what's happening in your business. You simply cannot continue to run a business without fully understanding what these figures mean for you and your business. And as I said at the very beginning, employing that accountant that is going to work with you, that's what you need. You need that person to be able to assess these numbers with you if you're not able, because I fully understand that this is a space that is deeply overwhelming for so many. If we are not trained in this space, it is a space that we cannot afford to actually get bogged down with because it's that overwhelming. So I insist that you hand this over with those regular check-ins, with those weekly, monthly, three-monthly check-ins. They are absolutely essential. And it is a case of you spending more money. But you know what? You have to freaking spend money to make money. So get it out of your head that this is an essential piece of doing business well. Something else that is rarely considered, uh, it's the inventory turnover. So the key performance indicator for measuring your inventory turnover in a medium-sized food business is the inventory turnover ratio. So the inventory turnover ratio, it's a financial metric again, and it measures how many times um, your business sells and replaces its inventory relative to its cost of goods sold during a specific period. So there's quite a bit of overlap here. The overlap is good because it allows you to see where that marriage of spaces and places within your business are coming to life continuously. So that overlap, that intertwining, that um, uh, connection between all of these different spaces and places within your business are of immense value for different reasons. So we can see this overlap again with our cost of goods sold. Uh, so the KPI is essential uh, for assessing the the efficiency of inventory management. That's a tongue twister. So the KPI is essential for assessing the efficiency of your inventory management, your supply chain practices and the demand for products uh, for your food business. And the formula to calculate the inventory turnover ratio is as follows. So your inventory turnover ratio equals cost of goods sold. We got the information up above, remember? So now we're bringing it down here. 
uh, divided by the average inventory. So for a medium-sized food business, this KPI is particularly valuable because it helps in understanding how effectively the company is managing its inventory and converting it into sales. I said earlier, having shit sit on shelves because you like to look at it because you're a hoarder and you're so afraid of running out of something because it happened once and now you're triggered for life and you've you've put in place a really bad belief and habit. Uh, we're now putting money on shelves that doesn't need to be there. We need it back in the business. We need to be able to hire the expertise required for us to do better. Okay, so a higher inventory turnover ratio suggests that the business is selling its inventory quickly and efficiently. And that's what we want to see. Uh, so this can be beneficial for maintaining freshness and reducing waste in your food business. So it's a double whammy. Again, it is um, ensuring that your product is fantastic or it's, at least it's 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 a layer in which it's going to help with that. And then it is minimising waste, which is what? It's you saving fricking money. OK, saving fricking money. Um, so to calculate this ratio, you and your business, you need to determine its total cost of goods sold during a specific period, such as uh, a fiscal year, and calculate the average value of its inventory during the same period. So the cost of goods sold include all the costs associated with producing or purchasing the food products that are sold by your business. So the average inventory value is the average of the inventory value at the beginning and end of that period. So what we can do now is decide that the next three months we're going to really observe and understand. But this is a protocol that's going to be put into practice. So what you're going to do is trial it in order to understand it. How can it be implemented long term? But it's to trial it in order to assess it in order to rewrite it, tweak it and amend so that it is of value moving forward. So by you tracking the inventory turnover ratio, your food business can make data driven decisions regarding your pricing, your purchasing, your inventory management. Uh, it allows you to find the right balance between stocking sufficient inventory because sometimes there's one or two items on your menu. Remember, 80% of your menu, only 16% of it um, is really, really popular. So it's those ingredients that we need to look at. They're the things that we can consider having a little bit more of because of the frequency of the sales on them. But as for everything else, absolutely not. So stocking sufficient inventory to meet customer demand and then avoiding excess inventory that made to lead to waste and storage um, issues. Uh, and that's it. I was in a business recently where they had bought stainless steel shelves, two racks of them, so a couple of hundred euro. They had bought an extra fridge and an extra freezer. So you're talking probably the bones of 2,000 euro spent because they decided that their business absolutely had to have six different types of breads. Uh, and in order to have those breads, they had to have them circulating in the freezer, frozen, and then bringing them out to the fridge to defrost overnight and then popping them on the shelves during those busy periods in order to access quickly. Um, for me and you, if you can't see that there's many issues within that, um, then we've got problems. Call me in. Let me into your business quickly and let's take care of these issues. Let me show you what it is we must do and let's implement changes. Absolutely essential for you and your business to know better, to do better. Uh, but that simply was a waste of €2,000. Imagine if you put €2,000 towards a website, towards uh, social, social media, towards um, um, brand advertising, PR, um, um, different software packages. Imagine, imagine what you do with that €2,000. Just imagine. It's a phenomenal amount of money to give away because we've trained ourselves to believe that that's the way it must be. 
Um, and again, back to those um, inherited beliefs, whether they are through uh, issues that arose through trauma from a situation of not having ingredients and having upset customers, whatever it may be, we must unpack them to really start to look at the business from a business point of view, because business is money. Business is nothing else. Yes, we can have emotion 100%. The, the the quantity of emotion in a business has to be managed. Oh my goodness, does it have to be managed? But business is money and that has to be the predominant um, uh, um, guideline because without that as a, a leading light within business, well, we're not going to be clever enough. And to be clever in business is really rewarding. It's, it's unbelievably rewarding for you, for your team and for your customers. Um, and I really, really mean that because when your business does better, it means that you can invest back in the business. It means that you can upgrade equipment. It means that you can create training um, um, space for your uh, team members. You can send them off for days out. You you can go on days out with your team for team building. Like the, the more clever we are with our business and knowing that business is money, then there's so much more reward to come from that space if you're in a position where your business can absolutely not look at uh, buying new equipment at all at all you can't afford new equipment you can't afford to take a day out to bring your staff on, on a team building day um, uh, you can't afford to invest back into your business you've got to call me there's there's issues there there's issues that we can unpack together there's uh, things that we can change overnight and then there's planning that we can put in place from a strategic point of view over three, six, nine months, 12 months um, space that we really look at how we can get that business from A to C because from A to C is very painful. B are the, the small immediate changes. They happen overnight. They're terrific. They, they make you feel great. But from B to C, it takes longer. Okay, so getting that business into that space I can change so much overnight, but it's the long-term sustainable growth piece that we want to achieve. It is packing onto solid foundations. That's what we must ensure because if we can stabilise our foundations, we can absolutely achieve anything we set out to achieve. But business is money first and foremost. And so if you're driven by emotion, we need to work together because that's why I became a coach. We need to create that separation. We need to take that aerial view. We need to understand fully um, what are the things we must do for ourselves first before we show up for our work and our team. Um, and it's not work, it's our business. Sorry for our business and our team. If you're not getting paid, by the way, it's not a business, it's a hobby. And you can come at me if you like, but I'm going to harp on about that time and time again. If you're not getting paid as a business owner, you are not running a business, you are operating a hobby um, and you need to take yourself seriously and you need to take your business seriously. So I just need to throw that in because it popped into my head. So sales per square foot. This is quite an interesting one. Um, it's you're measuring uh, sales per square foot. It's an important performance metric for a food business. Uh, it provides valuable insights again into the efficiency and profitability of your physical space. So by calculating the sales per square foot, your business can assess the productivity of their floor area and then essentially identify opportunities for improvement. And so here's how you can measure the sales per square foot in a food business. So you're going to gather sales data. So first, you're going to collect the total sales data for a specific period, such as choose a day, choose a week, choose a month or choose a year. Right. Just make a choice on one of them. And then this data should include all revenue generated from food and beverage sales within the designated area. So you're going to determine the sales area. 
identify the specific area within the food business that you want to measure. Uh, it could be the entire restaurant or cafe uh, or gastropub uh, or it could be a particular dining section or it's a dedicated re retail space if, if that applies. And so what you're going to do is calculate the sales area. So you're going to measure the square footage of the selected area. So the total square footage of that selected area. And you're going to do this by physically measuring the dimensions of the space. Uh, so you're going to obtain the information um, from the plans. If you're not able to do it yourself, it'll be there uh, as well if you don't happen to have a measuring tape. But, you know, every everyone needs a measuring tape. I have two, um, possibly three. So you're going to compute the sales per square foot. So you're going to divide the total sales generated in the specific area by the total square footage of that area. And the formula to calculate the sales per square foot is the sales per per square foot equals total sales divided by total square footage. And you're going to analyze the results. Once you have the sales per square foot figure, you're going to analyze the data over different time periods and you're going to identify trends and patterns. OK, uh, you're going to compare the sales per square foot across different areas within your business. Um, and this will also help you understand which sections are performing well and which ones may need improvement. And again, never make assumptions, never make changes to your business until you've actually done the the, the nitty gritty piece. So this is the nitty gritty piece. Uh, make informed decisions only. Uh, never make uh, impulsive decisions. That's really important. You're a business owner. You cannot afford to make impulsive decisions. So we really need to rein that side of your um output as, as quickly as possible. So you're going to consider factors affecting the performance. So keep in mind that the sales per square foot can be influenced by various factors, uh, such as seasonality. Oh, hell's bells, yes. Um, for some people, summer is a curse. And for other people, summer is also a curse, but they're, they're bread and butter. Um, uh, menu changes. So understanding when menu changes occur, what that does to the business. Uh, marketing efforts, uh, the layout of the space, understanding these factors will provide context to the results in an aid in making informed business decisions. Again, informed business decisions. That is the business in which you opened. You must be an informed business operator, end of. So you're going to go set targets and you're going to monitor progress. So this is a game you can task team members that are into this kind of thing because people, are they have all their little niches. So it's understanding which um, member of your team really would excel in this space. And so they're going to use the sales per square foot metric as a benchmark to set targets for improvement. And so you're going to work with them. You're going to regularly monitor the metric and you're going to track the progress. And you're going to see and assess the effectiveness of any changes or strategies implemented. So it's really insightful. It's really informative. Um, it can be a bit of fun as well uh, because you're tasking people with jobs and to, to see improvement. I tell you what, it fills your heart and soul. Uh, it's, a, it's amazing to be in that space. And even to see the opposite, uh, it gives an unbelievable hunger for people to implement change that is required to do better. And so you're going to measure the sales per square foot and then you can optimize how to utilize that space best. You can identify areas for growth. You can make data driven decisions to enhance the overall performance. And it's important to note that while the metric that you get from this, it does provide valuable insights. It should be used in conjunction with other performance indicators to get a comprehensive view of the business success and profitability. So there's other key performance indicators above. You want to keep an eye on that. 
Um, another is employee turnover rate. I think this is fascinating because if a business has a high turnover rate, well, there's a lot going on and it can fall into many categories. And so knowing this uh, is a great place to start. This is where you're going to start on the journey to know more and to uncover and discover more. So the key performance indicator to measure the employee turnover rate in your food business is the percentage of employees who leave the organization voluntarily or involuntarily during a specific period. So Typically, you're going to measure this annually or quarterly or monthly, whatever you feel you need to understand. And so your employee turnover rate, it reflects how many workers depart your business. And you can calculate this using this formula. So it is the number of employees who left divided by the average number of employees multiplied by 100. So the number of employees at the beginning of the period and the number of employees at the end of the period. So you're going to take the number of employees who left uh, against the average number of employees and then the total number of employees who left during that period. So it's the number of employees who have left divided by the average number of employees and then you're going to multiply by 100. Um, this is interesting because it tells you what's really happening in your business and sometimes it's not you. Like there's truth in that. Um, and sometimes it is them, that age old feckin head feckin uh, phrase. It's not you, it's me. It's not me, it's you. Uh, but this allows you to gain real insights and to understand better what's actually happening in your business. So it's the average number of employees. They can be obtained by adding the number of employees at the beginning and at the end of a period, then dividing by two. So the average number of employees at the beginning and the number of employees at the end divided by two. Once you have these values, you can calculate the employee turnover rate using the formula mentioned earlier. So the employee turnover, it's a critical metric for food businesses because it helps to assess the effectiveness of your human resources. So what management in HR that you have in place and also the overall um, organisational performance. Uh, the high turnover rate can indicate potential issues such as poor employee satisfaction inadequate training, huge problem, huge problem, uh, or difficulties in retaining talent. Uh, another huge problem because uh, lots of food business owners uh, have massive issues with egos and understanding that egos can be extraordinarily limiting to how we show up and how we represent our business and how we can be the worst person to be in a position of power ever known to man if we don't actually uh, rear in our head and understand fully what's happening. Uh, so very interesting space. Um, so the employee turnover rate is the number of employees who left divided by the average number of employees multiplied by 100. Um, and then you're going to uh, understand a little bit more as to what's happening in your business. And decisions can only be uh, made based on metrics. OK, so if you can't measure it, you simply cannot manage it. And that is simply that. Um, I think that may be enough for today. There is a whole other uh, uh, load of other things that I need to talk about. So as food business acronyms and and tag words, I hope that is enough to get you started. I hope 
there's um, there's more insight there than anything else. And I hope it is teaching you what's required from you as a food business owner. What are the areas you must ensure are taken care of? So whether it's by you, by a team member or by an accountant, um, it simply must be a case that uh, you create time and space for these things to be measured and implemented in your business. Um, and also any questions, get in touch. It's Tracy at tracydaily.com and also what I want to ask you is if there's an area within your business that is incredibly infuriating and you would like me for for me to talk about it then send me an email at tracy at tracydaily.com and it's t-r-a-c-i-e and daily is d-a-l-y um get in touch and let me know and I'll definitely get that in my lineup I have a huge lineup of podcasts that have to come out so get in there get your your name in the hat and let me use your name if possible I really want to to be able to benchmark these queries by utilizing individuals that really want that information and if you cannot afford to have your name mentioned tell me just say please do not mention my name and I will adhere to that also I'm very very okay um, with people having to be anonymous. Uh, however, I would love to open the lines of dialogue that is open and free so that we can all go on a journey together because it's definitely a better space to be in. Uh, it means you become an individual that we can also rely on for information and maybe you can come on my podcast and tell me how you're getting on with the information that you have gathered through that specific podcast that deals with that specific issue that is driving you freaking crazy. So, Podcasts of 2023. Oh my goodness. 2022 was outstanding for my first launch of podcasts. And 2023, you are absolutely brilliant. I've decided that 2023 for the remainder of 2023, it's all about you, the food business owner. I care so much about you and what it is you need to know and what you must do and what you must acknowledge and what you must celebrate as a food business owner because there are so many areas within being in business that we forget and that we sometimes hide from or that we try and escape from. So I want to be that voice, that encouragement, that mentor, advisor, guide, that that coach that is here for you in order for you to know better, to do better. So over and out, thanking you and talk to you soon.